2: This episode of Breakway is brought to you by you. That's right, you. Last week was the biggest week for us since joining the Athletic, and I just want to thank everyone. Uh, we think we topped out at number six on the iTunes charts. We've hit number twelve on the all-time hockey charts on iTunes, and guess what? We're the number one ranked Athletic podcast covering hockey. I'm just saying, Athletic. I know you're listening to this. Maybe you know wet the beak a little. Who knows? All right, uh, big show today. We have Mika, hockey stat Come on, he's my favorite Twitter follower. If you don't follow him already. And then Greg and I also go through the ups and downs of last week and, you know, especially the downs. So let's go ahead and get to Mark Messier and uh, enjoy the show, everybody.
3: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
2: Bush welcome to the week of the Bush breakway. I am your host Ryan Meet of the Athletic, and I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan, also the Athletic. Greg, say hello. In someone,
3: somewhere, in this vast, great country mm-hmm. of the United States of America, God bless. Someone sign Yasiel Puig. This is please. what you wanted
2: to open. <laughs> yes, it's trying to be insane. Okay. How is he
3: a free agent?
2: Well, this is talking. This has been talking fantasy uh, baseball with Ryan and Greg. That's um, all I wanted to say. Okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way. Big show today. Our good friend Mika uh slash hockey stat miner comes on the show. Uh we have a wonderful forty five minute ish conversation with him. Um we have to cut some of it because some things happened. And then yeah. uh, ghost that's okay. Craigs. Ghost hashtag Ghost. Goes, hashtag Ghost Craigs. And uh I guess there's there's a lot I want to go through, but we're gonna keep it a little short before we get to Mika, and then we're gonna come back and do the five star questions, which we have many. Um we'll probably answer a lot of ranger topics from this week covering that uh, covering those. First things that I want to get to is, is the Chris Kreider injury. I mean, that's the number one thing we talk about before I'm sure you get to your wonderful Henrik Lundqvist point that we, we spoke about before the show. But, uh, this team on Friday night with Chris Kreider, I was, I was watching the game from a Philadelphia bar as I was, uh, being heckled and as you know, uh, probably, uh, tortured because I was in my Pope costume or was I, who knows. And Chris Kreider just didn't, like, didn't come back to the game, I got a, I got a couple messages. They were like, Hey, Chris Kreider's hurt. Some people just messaged me on Twitter, like, did you see what happened? I was like, no, I missed it. What what went down there, what people were saying is hip or whatever. Turns out just to be his, his fractured foot. Chris Kreider, I I, I want to point this out that maybe people don't realize. The Rangers, yes, they did lose two brutal games to Philly. They did fight back on the Sunday matinee game um, when they were down. They were getting absolutely demoralized. To lose someone like Chris Kreider, it, it's, it's not only the effect he has on the ice, but you. I know he's not dead, and I know he's not like – He's not, he's still in the locker room, he's still around the team. But to lose that leadership, to like lose that like, sort of security blanket that you have in the back of your head, to know that Chris Kreider's there, that he's rallying you, the reason, like, he is the, the, like, almost the de facto captain of the team. Like, like, you heard Rick, he's the Pied Piper. So when you, when that guy goes down, you mentally, even if you're like, saying to yourself, okay, we're still a great team, we can still compete, mentally in the back of your head, like, wow, we're without Chris? that affects you uh, on like a large level and you saw it on the ice against the Flyers this weekend.
3: Yeah, and the thing i hated the most about the injury is the imme- just the immediate oh. immediate revisionist history you get about well that's why you don't sign him to an extension. Oh my god, he'll be back in Buddy. 3 weeks, relax. Not just not just that, it's just the New, again, once again, the New York Rangers did not sign Chris Kreider, and we talk about this with Mika a little bit, but the New York Rangers did not sign Chris Kreider to a seven-year extension to really give a fuck about what the hell he does over the next six weeks. No, not, they, a, not at all. Whatever happens over the next six weeks for the Rangers was always going to be viewed as bonus. And here's, wh- here's how we know this, Ryan. We know this because the New York Rangers traded Brady Shea at the trade deadline. And it's something Rick talked about on the podcast with us. It's a point that has been made – just abundantly clear by how poor the Rangers have played defensively the last couple of games. The New York Rangers didn't need to trade Brady Shea before the trade deadline this year. They didn't need to. The first round pick they got from the Carolina Hurricanes was going to be there for them on draft day, but they chose to do it now because they thought the only thing that could happen to Brady Shea is his price could potentially drop lower in their minds. So they moved him now. And when they moved him, Ryan, they didn't bring in another defenseman to try to replace him, even though one was clearly needed. We know one was clearly needed because if the Rangers actually trusted Brandon Smith to any sort of degree, this is a guy that would have been playing wing this year, especially when they had an <laughs> Brandon played a lot of wing Saturday this year, earlier. by the way, in
2: case you are wondering.
3: Yeah. So the New York Rangers, yeah, sure, the Rangers are happy that they're in the playoff race right now. But if the Rangers truly gave a fuck about making the playoffs this year – Brady Shea would be a New York Ranger right now. Or if they wanted to move on from Brady Shea, they would have addressed that opening they created in some other fashion that isn't just, well, this utility guy that we've been scratching for the last month. We're now all of a sudden going to put him on a pairing with Jacob Chuba. Like, they don't –
2: the playoffs this year are – it's bonus it's just it's bonus, it's bonus if you make it like bonus. just just the fact that they're on this tremendous run and' I'm, the run's not over you know it looks really yeah. grim right now but the run isn't over like they've still got two games in hand on Columbus as we're recording this only three yep. points three points back and Columbus has had like a dumpster fire end of the season here and I, I almost feel bad for but them until tor- you want
3: yeah you want to talk about injuries just look at who the Columbus Blue Jackets aren't playing like a yeah
2: it's true like it's almost their whole team and the rate the ragers had like uh obviously some unfortunate situations happen butch and-, and igor got into a car accident by the way igor taking shots already in practice on his lower body Bouch obviously back already but not back playing to percent. they traded brady shea that was a good thing for the long term at least they viewed it as so chris kreider fractured his foot and then that's just all all that together greg is just too much to handle to sustain a run against the team by the way in Philadelphia, that as much as we hate Elaine Vigneault, is a good team. Like Carter Hart is legit. That's a good goalie, and we're going to be seeing Igor versus Carter Hart for many years to come. Like those are two uh, it, on a on a
3: constant basis, right? And I, I know Kevin Hayes is the one who gets all the attention because he's a former New York Ranger. Whatever, man. Good but- for
2: Kevin. He got paid. He plays an okay role. And but,
3: but exactly, he plays an okay role because they have Sean Couturier. They have Jacob Voracek. They have James Van Riemsdyk. Exactly. They have they have defensemen just fucking falling out of the fucking sky. Like, it's a really it's a really frustratingly good fucking hockey team. I fucking hate the Flyers so much. But that team, credit where credit is due, they made some weird moves in the off season to get like the Nischuk- uh, nischukins of the world when they didn't, or Niskanen, I think is actually who they got, like. They could have gotten cheaper, better versions of those guys, but it doesn't make the guys that they got, like, categorically bad. It's it's a veteran team, which we all know is Elaine Vigneault's calling card, and it's a team that has two of the most underrated players in hockey in Voracek and Couturier.
2: Voracek and, is, like, criminally underrated, uh, despite my hate for Coutur- Philadelphia. I think Couturier is criminally underrated. Probably. Like, how does that
3: guy not have like six Selkie awards or something? I
2: don't, I don't know. know. It, it's just it. That team is really good, and you made a great point this weekend uh, over on the Twitters, and and that was sometimes you're going to be a little aggressive, and you're a young team, and you're going to mess up. Like the run that the Raiders were on, like was almost it wasn't, it was unsustainable. It's just saying it just was. Like you're the youngest team in the league. You you had the youngest you suffered,
3: team in the league that needs period. to be highlighted.
2: Youngest team in the league, and you suffered some losses for leadership. For top players, you had to, re- like, I know everyone wants Kako to step up and start, start scoring goals. Like, kids still adjusting. There's, like, uh, Gauthier, he's still adjusting. Like, that was an AHL player, like, two weeks ago. These ki- these people are are now all of a sudden just competing against the highest level. Kraft's not coming, not coming up. That's just not happening, guys. I see all these people that say, let's call Kraft's up during this, now that Chris Kreider's hurt. We only have two more moves from the AHL. Maybe Kraftstoff will come up for the last week or two of the season. But why am I going to mess with the guy who I just brought back and is finally finding his game? And I'm not going to mess with his confidence. I want him building his game in the AHL and with that team. Kraftstoff will have his time in the sun in the New York Rangers. It is not this year. That's just it. So to- Yeah,
3: and I, I, someone, just to highlight, I want to highlight this mm-hmm. point from you. Not for, I don't mean to cut you off, no, but go, no, I think go it's on. an important point to highlight. Please. Someone tweeted me, this weekend, angry when they saw that Di Giuseppe was getting the first crack at filling Kreider's spot in the lineup. And they're like, just they, their exact wording was something along the lines of J- forget the numbers and just look at the players' ages. And you can tell that David Quinn just doesn't like playing young players. And I was looking at it and I was like, Phil Di Giuseppe is 26, Mika Zibanejad is 26, Pavel Buchnevich is 24. Okay. Okay. That's a top line. Okay. And then the <laughs> line below that, it was like, Artemi Panarin is 28. All right. He doesn't count. Uh-huh. Ryan Strom is 27. Yeah. All right. So he's still young. Jesper Faust is 28 to 29. I was he's like, twenty
2: yeah. all right, I'm waiting. 20.
3: I'm waiting to see the memo here about the young play. They're all young players. All of them. Like Giuseppe at 26 years old only has less than 100 NHL games under his belt. And this is his first real shot at getting significant run with an NHL team. And quite honestly, he's running with it. It is. Like and, props to Phil DiGiuseppe. Not just, he's not a, a top-line winger, but he's not a minus. i got to be honest, Ryan. As much as people want to see Kako up there playing on his offhand, uh, what? He, as 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 good as Kako has looked the last couple of weeks, he's looked good because the Rangers aren't asking him to do too much. And Gauthier, I, I personally would have given Gauthier the first crack because – this but was, the it,
2: but the, none all of all this is moot anyway, Gregory, because David Quinn is a blender. He just mixes it when when this exactly. situa- situation is up. So if you're and like he,
3: he said it himself at practice, yeah. He's like, yeah, don't don't look into anything about DiGiuseppe being on the top line. I'll today. probably change that might change five, five minutes. minutes into
2: the first period. <laughs> yeah, dude. So when Vince or Rick or Colin or. Larry- does Larry ever post the lines? No, everyone. No. So when the other beat writers who actually post the lines post the lines, don't freak out. Quinn's Quinn's changing it. If Kako's on the fourth, he'll be on the second by the third period. Like it, this just changes. And I mean, we, Ryan Strom had an all-time bad game and got benched on, on Sunday. Yeah, wow, bad one, from Ryan Strom, bad guy. That was Jay Harday.
3: Ask if I do say something. Ooh,
2: myself. nice reference. But yes, just terrible. So. I, I don't mind the David Quinn changing it up. I I, I do think the team has still has a, some run left in it. I I think you know there's we still can stay in the lottery. We can make a first playoff uh, first playoff spot. Do you know what I call that, Gregory? No lose situation. No yeah. lose. We've only g- spot. We, we things are great. Like yes, did the did losing the Philly twice suck? Yeah, that wasn't fun. But at the a, a, that a, that a, that to quote so my much. my good friend Gregory, at the end of the day. This Rangers season is a success, no matter what happens. You know what? That's a good point you bring up there, my friend. Thank you. (laughs) We're calling each other references. All right, uh, let's get to Henrik Lundqvist, and then we'll get to Mika because we have a really great conversation with him.
3: Must we? Uh,
2: uh, We must. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Greg, but today the the New York Rangers Twitter account declined to wish Hank a happy birthday.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. Should I be panicking? Well, I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm really not. Yeah, but that's fucking weird. I gotta be honest. Was that a little weird? Because I think it is. Like, I, I, I don't. I wonder. I, I don't want to say it's because James Lipton died today that they didn't wish Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, happen, they were like, like,
2: was it in either war? Like, okay. Uh, social media manager like, is just looking – you know that, that meme – here is a uh, verbal meme here. Uh, the, the two buttons, it's like tweet James Lipton die or Hank birthday, and they're sweating. Like which one do I do? I don't, yeah. Can't you do both? I don't understand.
3: Well, hold on. It's, it's – all right. Let's time check ourselves right here, Ryan. It is 8.54 okay. p.m. Mm-hmm. on the eastern coast. It is. Here in Troy, New York. Yep. I am opening up Twitter Dating just herself. to make sure that our take right here yep. is still accurate. Okay. We'll both do this. I'm going to great New podcasting. York – Rangers. The Twitter. Verified right? Okay. Verified account. One point okay. four million followers. Last tweet was four, hours, tweet ago. Was four hours ago. Mm. Celebrate history with the Rangers who defined it. Where Hank at? Where that... the fuck is Hank at? <laughs> I have to say It's weird. That it is weird that is strange. It's weird.
2: It's I, like, it's almost I, like I, they I, don't I, want to remind you like, hey Hank is a Ranger still.
3: Well, I, I do wonder if some of it is just like they're fucking tired of hearing all the Hank chirps that maybe they don't want to put more kindling on that fire. Uh, but it, it's weird. And this is, a, this is a long way of getting into the point that I wanted to make today about Henrik Lundqvist and the daily will-he-won't-he play just torture rack that Rangers Twitter puts itself through. I have never, Ryan, been more excited in my entire life for a player that I have truly loved, admired, adored, cherished, valued, respected, just easily the best New York Ranger, not named Benoit Pouliot, that I will ever see in my entire life, is right. Henrik Lund. He's he will be the number one. It will be nearly impossible for him to be replaced, especially considering he's homegrown and he spent his entire career with the Rangers. And all the greatness that he brought to this organization, when quite frankly they didn't deserve it. With that being said, I can't fucking wait until he's not a New York Ranger anymore because I'm tired of seeing people's takes about what the fuck the Rangers are doing to Henry Clunquist. It is a lot. I just, I don't care, dude. It's, I don't. I'm so tired of it. We wake up every day and it's like, it, it, it. Some people are getting out of bed every day, wondering to themselves, how can I perceive what the Rangers are doing to Henrik Lundqvist as a slight on me personally. It's like, guys, chill the fuck out, all right? Please, for the love of God, chill the fuck out on the Henrik Lundqvist takes. I can't handle it anymore. You Whatever point you made a month ago regarding Henrik Lundqvist and whether he was playing enough, not playing enough, whether he should be on the Rangers next year, whether you can't fathom the Rangers buying him out after the season, whether you can't see the Rangers trading him, whether you think the Rangers are trying to force him into retirement, whether you think he's a fucking Martian, whether you think he should shave his head, whatever the (laughs) fuck your Henrik Lundqvist take is. I don't give a fuck anymore. And you're ruining Henrik Lundqvist for everybody, including yourself, because now you've put the New York Rangers in your mind in a no-win proposition. You can't do it. If the Rangers decide to keep Henrik Lundqvist after the season, your entire thing will be like, oh, well, why weren't they playing Henrik Lundqvist more if he was going to be part of this team next year? If they choose to buy him out, you'll be like, well, it's because they tanked his trade value because they weren't playing him enough. If they choose to trade him and eat Sally on the trade, well, it's because they weren't playing him enough so they couldn't build his trade value. He, You can't win. You did it. You, I don't know why you wanted to do it, but you did it. You somehow backed yourself into a fucking Henrik Lundqvist corner that you're not going to be able to get out of. And now you're fucking just being an annoying prick. <laughs> Shut up about
2: Henrik Lundqvist. This is like our straight from tired. the path. This is like our straight from the path episode with the f bombs. Very close. Cool. <laughs> just trying to drive me insane. I know. I know. I can't steal it anymore. It's a lot.
3: I can't. I I love Henrik Lundqvist. He's easily next to David Wright, my favorite, truly favorite athlete for my favorite team of all time. He will not be topped. But I honestly pray to God. He's not a New York Ranger next year
2: because I don't want to hear it anymore. I can't. I really fucking can't, Ryan. I know, and I can't. The other thing I can't with is, like, oh, they started Lundqvist and he let up five goals. Like, guys, the guys played in like, one game in a month and a half.
0: He's supposed to stop.
3: One was a power play goal on a rebound that the Rangers fucked up royally. Thanks, Mark Stahl. The other two, courtesy of Ryan Strome doing fuck all, I don't know what the fuck they were doing on this. (laughs) it's just oh god it just
2: I think I think right. the inter, your internet just literally cut out and censored you for a second that was really funny actually uh, I, I really Ryan really can't it's just you can't
3: blame Hank the Flyers expected goal total from everything I've saw was I think 4.1 and he led up five goals when Georgiev was in it was 3.3 and Georgiev led in five goals. It honestly – it was – the people that wanted to Hank hate were like, oh, this is what happened.
2: As if Georgiev didn't rubbing play. their hands together. I know. Georgiev Gorg, Gorg, got all lit up too, man. He got destroyed. They gave him the same amount of goals. Yeah. Both of them. Same thing. Exact same thing.
3: Uh, just – I'm, 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 I personally, Ryan, want Henrik Lundqvist to retire just so I don't have to hear it anymore. And I know it's a personal thing. I know it's woe is me. I know it's self-centered. I just – guys – Whatever your Henrik Lundqvist opinion is, we've all heard it. I could I can name check you based on your Henrik Lundqvist opinions alone. I don't need to know any I don't know your own name, but I know your Henrik Lundqvist opinion. Just stop. It's over. And it's on, done. On that whatever's going to
2: Oh god. Right. Be, will be. Let's just move the fuck on. On that note, we're going to do a live ad read. You ready for this? It's it's together. Usually, I do the ad reads without you, but I'm doing one with you this time because it's kind of a joint thing. So stick with me. You cool, Greg? You still there? Okay, that you broke out for a second. Here we go. Uh, so we're gonna pause for a minute. We're gonna, uh, despite Greg's very, I mean, if you love what Greg just did, here's what I need you to do. I need you to click on the show notes for today's episode, and you're gonna follow a link to a very short survey. It's all about us. It's kind of gonna ask you what you think about the show and. We're going to learn things about you, this too. This is literally our ad. I'm not kidding. Uh, so the survey is super quick. It's 11 simple questions. It will take you under a minute, sub 60 seconds, I promise. So head to the show notes today. We'll post it on Twitter tomorrow. Click on the link. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know. What th- I, I I actually don't know the questions. I'm curious as to what they are. Please be nice. Say nice things. Thank you. All right. Let's uh, go to our other ad. And then we'll go to Mika. We'll come back to five-star questions. Here we go. Transition.
0: All-star breaks are in the past, and teams have their sights set on securing their place in the playoff race. Over in college hoops, teams are jockeying for tournament seating. So much action. So little time. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, can get you right in the middle of the action. The XFL is back to scratch everyone's itch for football. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app to see what special promotions they're offering on the most extreme league in the U.S., American-made. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder the DraftKings Sportsbook app is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code quick for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign up bonus of $1,000. Don't forget, to enter code QUICK and you get your sign up bonus of 2000 dollars and only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years older to apply. New York Jersey only. Bonus provides a first deposit bonus. And for match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. For sure to supply, see slash sportsbook for details. Gabby, props, cordage, to gambler. Back to the show.
2: Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. We have our good dear friend and my favorite Twitter follow. His name is Mika. He's also at Hockey Stat Miner, Where you can find him tweeting all New York Ranger fun stuff all the time. I feel like all your tweets are specifically catered for me. Is that true?
4: Um well I do I do pander to a lower audience. So Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hot start. <laughs> and this is why Mika is my favorite follow. <laughs>
2: Well, welcome to uh, the number one athletic uh, podcast. We're also the number one athletic hockey podcast. Are you impressed?
4: Dude, you know, what? actually, believe it or not, um, y'all invited me the first. Po- like when when you guys merged with the athletic, you were I was invited first, and I couldn't make it. But I was I was legit. You know, I was humbled. I was, I never forgot that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Greg reached but, out. Uh, did his job. I did. I but did. Con- I did. But, but 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 congrats on all your success because I know you guys have been grinding since. What 2016, 2017? Yeah, 20,
2: 20, 20, 2015. In my man, but yeah, yeah, uh, we've been out, we've been out here right. doing things, um, and now we're. Big I, can't time. I, you,
4: I, I can't say I was with you like since like episode one, but I got in there early. I got in there early. I had
2: someone on Reddit last week be like, "Hey, congratulations on everything and the trade deadline." I was on your sixth episode. And I was like, "Who are you?" <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's like, "I." They they were like, "I still listen all the time." I was like, "Well, thank you so much for coming on on episode six. That's insane." <laughs> um. All right, let's talk New York Rangers rebuild. Hashtag the vision. Still, is that still copyrighted by you?
4: Um. Actually, that came up. Actually, Fitz came up with that. I just kind of you know oh streamlined it. Wow. But that's like yeah. If you if you dig deep enough, that's a Fitz hashtag. It's, that's. I bought the rights and kind of screwed them over like McDonald's, if you know that story. Yeah, but I do. No, that, that, that's all Fitz.
2: I'll give uh, Fitz some credit. He's really good at He's very Larry Brooksish with the content creation. He's always giving me something to talk about.
4: Oh, yeah. Fitz uh, free content of the week, eh?
2: That was it for, for a very long time. All right. Let's hit the rebuild <laughs> uh, into it. I know you're you're a spreadsheet cap master. Uh, when do we trade Jacob Truba and why?
4: Oh, my God, Truva. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing about – and I've seen this floating around. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you know, we have Truva locked up $8 million a year for the next eight year, or seven years, and but technically his no-movement clause doesn't kick until July 1st. I'm a little kind of like, you know, I'm much more mm, hesitant that he actually gets moved because if you remember a couple summers ago when there was the whole Kevin Hayes restricted for agency thing, the whole thing was like, well, why don't you just sign him to a long-term deal, trade him within the year before any of the clauses kick in, and you're good. But I think, like, the the, the reality is, you know, player agents aren't dumb. Like, you're not going to sign a guy to an eight-year deal and trade him in the first year and be like, oh, wow, no one saw that coming. So I think there's kind of like this uh, agreement where it's like, okay, I'm going to sign eight years. My clause doesn't kick in for another nine months, but, like, we have a – under-the-table, man-to-man agreement that you're not going to trade me. So when Hayes ended up signing for a one-year extension, it was like five and change or whatever it was, people are like, oh, Yo, you know, why didn't, why didn't they just sign him to long-term and trade him at the deadline? I, I don't think it's that easy. I think there's like a little practice to the theory. So when I see these, you know, let's just trade Truba before we give D'Angelo the bag, I don't know if it's that cut and dry, honestly. I think there's like this gravity where it's like, hey, You know, Trubek came here. He had a very short list of teams that would acquire him, and he signed an eight-year or a seven-year deal. And I don't think it's as easy as just oh yeah, just trade him before July 1st, 2020. I don't, I don't. You know, if you do that, like I think there's political, quote-unquote, consequences as far as you know his agency who who represents him. Um, And you can even go back maybe to the Shattenkirk trade where it's like, hey, my guy signed here for a hometown discount. If you trade him against your will, I'm going to blackball you with future clients. Um, so, it, it, it technically before the Rangers, if the Rangers trade Truba before July 1st, then all the clauses promised are wiped. But on the other hand, there's like I think there's this political underground, which you know as an outsider I don't I don't have any insider information. But I don't think it's that easy. I don't think you know this is this is a video game, so this is, quote unquote, where you can just tra- sign a guy to eight years and then trade him. A, less than a year later and you know that's how you do business
3: yeah honestly mika the thing that's most annoying to me about the jacob truba conversation and it started happening a little bit this weekend but i think the the underlyings of of it have been there for the last couple months or so it's it's this notion that all of a sudden the new york rangers should have known all along what they had on the right hand side of the defense before committing this many years in term to jacob truba it's we all should have known that Adam Fox as a rookie was going to be this lights out, no question, number one defender. That's ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. As much as we could have, at, meet whoever you want to meet who was the highest person of all highs on Adam Fox. Nobody thought he'd be this, just insane. Nobody, if you thought Tony D'Angelo was going to be this on a consistent basis, also equally insane. This is the same guy who was getting Quinn at least once a month Periodically, just last season, and there we, Ryan, you and I had podcasts last year, a lot of them. where we talked about if this was the time to just give up on Tony D'Angelo because it seemed the coaching staff didn't believe in him. And then, not just that, as much as, as much as we like Niels lundquist as much as we've enjoyed his rising stock throughout the season, nobody thought that this would be Niels lundquist at least not this early. So I just I immediately dismissed the notion. I know there were people who didn't like the money given to Jacob Chuba, and that's that's fair. But I don't know anyone who was against the term. This was a 25-year-old, top-pairing, right-handed defenseman who has the ability to produce offensively, something the New York Rangers hadn't had and thought they were getting with Kevin Shattenkirk, and they clearly didn't for whatever reason. One thing led to another. So I to say that the Rangers should have had the hindsight or the the foresight to hold off on training for Jacob Truba, that's just insane. That's
2: utterly insane to me. Well, with Truba in general, like, the contract... It, I hope he's playing through an injury. I just think there's times where he gets burned. I don't know if it's the Lindy Ruff system. I don't... No, I don't think he's playing through an injury. I think it's... I think it's ridiculous to expect that everyone who changes teams should just automatically be good. Well, I mean Brady Shay, what's well he'll be number one uh the number one person to do the uh analysis on analysis on what the hell did I just say? Uh to uh look through a magnifying glass at the, for this situation because well he just got traded to Carolina and so far I've heard through the grapevine he's been one of the quote unquote the more impressive players. So maybe it is rough, who really knows in, in that situation. But we only have until like Mika was saying July 1st until really to have an out clause on Truba, but I agree with what you said earlier, Mika. I do think there is this sort of political part to the n h l and trading truba would be i mean trading Shattenkirk was bad enough, trading Truba would be the end all be all for signing free agents in the future
4: right and the the other thing is remember when you know we got Truba and it was a great deal, it turned out that he only had a very 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 short list of teams that he was prepared to go to and sign long term, so that kind of affected. You know the market price. We were all thrilled that Piancan was a t- the the twentieth overall. Yeah. Um. Because I think like his wife is in medical school and wants to be a doctor. And there was a whole. So even if even if you do have like the carte blanche to trade Truba before July first, like, you know, <laughs> what what are you going to do? I mean, I don't think you can send him to Arizona for you know a nice futures basket like like you could anyone else. I think it's kind of like, you know he quote unquote politically is only willing to go to a few places. So if that, you know, quote unquote, politically correct trading market is only a few teams, you know, even if you do trade true, but I don't think it's like, Oh yeah. And the Rangers are going to bank on that trade. I, you know, so there's a whole slew of reservations I have. I'm not saying it can't happen. It can definitely happen. I mean, you know, last year in the Rangers world, you know, anything's possible. Right. But, I, I I don't think it's as simple as okay trade Truba for market value quote unquote and then make room for D'Angelo I, I don't think it's that clean cut as far as you know there's practice and there's theory and I think practically I I, I don't think the Rangers are there I'm not an insider or anything but I I just I it, it's hard it's hard to imagine the Rangers trading Truba before July 1st before the new movement clause kicks in and getting like you know Better return than what they paid for him less than a year ago. You know what I mean? I do.
2: Well, let's talk one more uh, sort of political move. Something something that I see all too often on uh, the good old New York Rangers Twitter. Uh, what exactly happens to the cap if we do buy out Henrik Lundqvist?
3: Oh, Lord. Let me pour, I, let me pour a drink I, I quick. actually – I know – I've had to answer this so many times. I know this answer verbatim. The Rangers – would save $3.5 million on next year's cap, meaning Lundqvist's cap hit would be 5 and a half for next season, but they'd owe a $1 million plus uh, the season following, and then Hank would be off the books from there.
4: Ah, Gregory, you've been studying.
3: You've been well, studying it's the just, sacred I,
4: cap-friendly scrolls.
3: I, I have, but it's mostly because I'm so sick and tired of everyone just assuming, oh, well, if you buy out Hank, that's $8.5 million you get right, right there and then. Right. And it's happened so many times on the timeline this year that it's it's like I close my eyes at night and the first dream I have every night is Henrik Lundquist's cap number and buyout situation. <laughs> and then we get in, and then we get into whatever actual dream I'm trying to cook up that evening. Mets related. Uh it, it uh, Honestly, last night I was sitting first row
2: at Shea Stadium. It was <sighs> Met related dream. A nice time. A good yeah. time for all. All right, so that we figured that out uh, with the cap situation. What do the Rangers do when it comes to left-handed defensemen moving forward? Do you see anybody that they could sign in the off-season, or what have you? Uh, what do you have in the hashtag vision?
4: Talking to you, Greg. No, He's talking uh, to me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't play left-handed
4: no, defense. I, just, I can't help. Just one note. Just one note on my like, goaltending going going forward. There's there's kind of mm-hmm. this weird paradox that I've noticed on Twitter, where like as Kind of, I don't know, uh, riling as it is, the Rangers' goaltending situation, like it, it's kind of cut and dry going forward beyond the season, because, like, like I said, if you buy out Lundqvist, okay, you save three million dollars, but guess what? That that two and a half, three million dollars is going to Georgiev. Like, if you look at, right. you know, comparables, goal impressive goaltending, bridge deal after the entry level. So it's not like if you buy out Lundqvist, you're going to save money and you can go spend on it. No, you're, that, all that savings is going to go to Georgiev. Um So that being said, there's this kind of like idea of like you know Lundqvist buy him out and you get cap savings for the future. It doesn't really work that way because okay, yeah, you'll save three million for next season and you can most of that's going to go to Georgiev, but then you're tapping into like a, a buck and a half the following season. So all told, buying out Lundqvist doesn't really save you much if you're just going to sign Georgiev this summer. Um, And then the flip side, of course, is you trade Georgiev for picks, prospects, and entry-level contracts. You guys are infamous for rolling the Brocko stone. I'll give you props for that. Um, But, you know, end of the day, it doesn't doesn't much matter. It's not like there's something they can do with goaltending this summer where all of a sudden they have money to spend for skaters. Like, that's kind of a red herring. And secondly, with expansion draft, you would think, like, oh, goaltending, it's a big thing. I've, I've seen people on Twitter being, like, you know, goaltending. If the Rangers were to theoretically carry three goalies the next, se- the full next season, like, I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, th- theoretically, if they did, fine. Chesterkin is exempt. You protect Gordiev, and Lundqvist walk, is walking as a free agent. He's not, you know, bound by his no-movement clause to be automatically protected. He's about to be a free agent. So in any event, like it's, we, it's very weird to think about, especially given the last few months, but goaltending is like the least of the Rangers worries, like going forward, like once they make the Georgiev one decision, whatever it's going to be. And there's arguments for both sides, obviously, but it's not like there's this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, where if the Rangers make the right move, Oh, okay. Now we can spend money on a defenseman or a left-handed defenseman. No, it, it's, it's very cut and dry as far as the as far as the future. So, that's like the biggest um I don't say red herring, but that that's like one of the biggest things people tweet me and they're like, you know, oh, you know, if the Rangers don't do this and they're screw-. no, no. They're they're going to be once they make the decision, which is going to be tough, no doubt. But once they make their decision, like they're going to be fine.
3: Yeah, and Amiga, I think one of the things I want to get into the weeds with you about is if there, to me, at least, and I don't feel like I'm the minority opinion on this, and I, I, I think Ryan is on the same wavelength that I am, the Chris Kreider extension means one thing and one thing very loudly and clearly to me, and that's the New York Rangers expect to make the playoffs next year. But in order for the New York right. Rangers to make the playoffs next year, I think it's very clear that there are still some out, just outrageous holes on this roster that need to be filled from the outside. Most notably, the New York Rangers need a top four left-handed defenseman. Those don't just grow on trees, and those cost money. Most notably, if the Rangers want Tony D'Angelo, he's going to cost at least quadruple what he's making this year. Most notably, the New York Rangers will either have to give Jesper Faust a slight raise or find a Jesper Faust replacement. And they're probably a center short as well, at least one that could realistically – If they think Ryan Strom is good enough, is like good enough third center on a playoff team, they can certainly try. But if anything this weekend showed, it's that, boy, you're going to have to take the really bad days with the really good days and they're going to outweigh each other. And the guy in the middle is nothing special. And I think if the New York Rangers want to compete in this metropolitan division, you need a better third center than that. So it's a team with, I think, if if memory serves correctly, when you take uh, Brady's number off the books. It's about $14.5 million to find a top-four left-handed defenseman, a raise for Tony D'Angelo, a third center, and a top-nine winger.
4: And I don't know how you're going to do it if you're the New York Rangers. I really don't. I really don't. Right, no, I absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Um, You know, when people ask about, like, a cap crunch or what the Rangers kind of are facing this summer, um, if you do, like, a baseline, quote-unquote baseline, but if you know, if if you re sign Strome for four million, you re sign Fast for you know two and a half, three million, Lemieux one million, D Giuseppe minimum wage, D'Angelo, five or six million, Georgiev or Lundqvist, however that plays out, you're looking at like you know, pretty much a snug, snug roster of 21, 22 guys just under the cap. So as a baseline you can re-sign everyone short-term with the exception of maybe D'Angelo. I mean, I, I don't know what he's going to sign for if you want to sign him for long-term. But that's kind of like the control variable as far as I'm concerned. You can bring everyone back short-term except for maybe D'Angelo and be right under the cap. Um, if you want to move on from Ryan Strom and get another center, good luck to you. I haven't taken a look, a strong look at the center market, but, you know, <laughs> You know, are you going to graduate Heedle to second line and look for, you know, a, a three or four million dollar center? Uh, I, 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 I honestly I, think, know, think I, it's why
3: I was the angriest about the Trocheck trade at the deadline.
4: Yeah, I know. Oh, I, if, if you're not going to sell, I can understand that. You know what I mean? But it's like if you're going to prep for the next three years, like go out and get a center like that. Seriously.
2: Well, it's not like we didn't have the assets. We did. I well, like... And the,
4: the the funny
3: thing is they wanted Brady Shea, too, but they apparently just the, – when they brought in – if they brought, were going to bring in Shea, they wanted to make it a cash-for-cash cash trade, which is something the New York Rangers had no interest in doing. But I just – I wonder if the Rangers just get there early enough and say, look, let's work something around Shea and Trocek and make this swap happen because that's almost a cash-for-cash cash trade.
4: Right, right. Yeah, no, I – You know, I mean, Philip is kind of, like, up in the air. And there's other, like, future considerations to think about because it's like we're kind of getting to the point where the first batch of Rangers rebuild players are going to be up for their new pay raise. So, you know, like, I'm not saying Ryan Storm is bad, but these people who want to sign him to, like, a four-year, 16, 18, $20 million deal, it's like that's going to cost you when, you know, Philip maxes out on his entry level. That's going to cost you when Chesterkin is up for a new contract a year and a half from now. That's going to cost you when Adam Fox is up for a contract two years from now. The three players so, you
2: just named, Mika, not to cut you off, are the most important players, like, other than, like, maybe two others moving forward. Like, those guys, we have to have
4: money to sign them at all costs. Right, right. And so it's it's a very interesting balance where it's like, if you ask me, like, Thanksgiving, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is another, you know, I'll do the lottery math for the spring, and maybe God help us all, we'll, we'll hit into the lotto. But, you know, they've really turned a corner since mid-December, Christmas, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so now this summer, the real question is, you know, what do the Rangers think they can do? I mean, obviously they're in the playoff race right now, but where do the Rangers picture themselves in 2021 postseason? Where do they picture themselves in the 2022 postseason? These are the questions that are really going to press because, that's what, you, isn't that what we're stacking for? Isn't that what we've eaten this turd sandwich all these years for? The all these years, of, all two of them. Window opening?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what we did. I mean, we we had to sit through those two unbearable years, but the window, well, let's talk about that year. How, I, we've, I've seen this proposed, and I, just in case anybody doesn't know, what does the cap situation look like right now for 2022? Isn't that like the year that we have like something like $47 million in cap space?
4: Yeah, that's that's an accurate figure. Um, depending on like you know how you do it, but yeah. So you, twenty, let's just say twenty twenty two playoffs. Like a, like a mm-hmm. uh, couple years from now, you have Panarin, you have Kreider, you have Benjed, you it's have hard. the last year of Kako, you have the last year of Fox, you have Truba, and everything else is wide open. Everyone else, you know, uh, year and a half or whatever it is from now, is a free agent. Um, So that's $40 million tied up in three, four – oh, well, I mean, I don't know if we're going to do it fast, but just those guys, if you're going to do that, it's going to be three, four, five, six, six guys tying up $38 million. Um, So there's like this huge (laughs) – I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for the playoff hype. Like right now, like I've totally sold my soul and I'm like not even caring about the 2020 draft right now. Yeah, Same. I'm all in. So. Same.
2: It's crazy. I hate it. But,
4: <laughs> but if you're talking about 2022, um, the next 18 months or whatever it is, it, it it makes a huge difference because you you've got like you know half a dozen guys that you've got locked in, and the rest is you know okay, what is Hedo going to make on his next contract? What is you going to make him his next contract? Was D'Angelo going to make? Um, and, by the way, 2022, that's like, it, assuming you don't buy out Lundqvist, Stahl, Smith, you don't buy out or retain half, 50%, you know, you, that's wide open. That's that's all gone. Um, the worst of the Shattenkirk is gone. The worst of Gir- Girardi is gone. So, 2022 is kind of, like, wide open right now. And it's going to get filled, no doubt. It's going to get filled in the next 18 months or whatever. But, it, you know, if, if that it really depends on the team, like, when does the window is the window opening now? Is the window opening next spring? I just
3: um, I can't I can't imagine the New York Rangers signing specifically Chris Kreider to an extension and not thinking that the window opens opening night twenty twenty. Like that's right, it. Right. That needs to be a play. Right. You don't sign. You sign Panarin to a long term deal because he's Artemi Panarin. He's such a special talent that you ignore whatever you rebuild. Timeline trajectory is to get that player in because, quite simply, that type of player shouldn't be a free agent. And in hockey, the they
2: place. don't become available; like they just right. don't. But it's, as, it's as, as much
3: as people, as hard as this is for some people to believe, Chris Kreider's of the world become free agents every year. Like if the Rangers didn't want to resign Chris Kreider and they thought that Mike Hoffman, they could bring him in for a little less money. You don't actually lose as much as Chris Kreider as you think you do by having Mike Hoffman. You can find a Chris Kreider on the open market just about every year. That next tier down from star level, that super talented role player. You can find that guy all the time. But the New York Rangers decided that Chris Kreider was their guy and their piece that they needed for this run. Well, if they made that determination, then in my mind, they assume that run starts right now. And by right now, I mean October 2020. That's it. Right, missing the playoffs for the Rangers next year to me, with that move, feels unacceptable and a step backwards.
4: That's exactly it. And you know what? I I took a lot. Like there was there's people tweeting like, oh, there's people who thought Panarin wasn't worth eleven million this and that. My reservations last summer about you know, <clears throat> basically when Rangers went out and got Truba and Panarin long term, twenty million a year, twenty million a year. So that's like a quarter of the cap, more You know, maybe maybe one fifth. Um, as it grows the next few years, but it wasn't like oh I don't think that the Rangers should sign Panarin for that much. It was more like okay, if you do this, the clock is ticking. You don't sign Truba and Panarin for 20 million a year without having a plan where it's like okay by year three the Rangers are in the playoffs doing things. You know what I mean? It 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 was voluntarily signing off on like uh, a hard deadline if you will. So it wasn't so much as the Rangers signing Panarin was right or wrong. It was just okay. Um, we're going from voluntarily to involuntarily on a timeline now. That's it, and exactly add Crider, add the Crider extension to that, and it's like okay, this team—if this team isn't making a run in the 22, 2022 playoffs, you know w- what sense can you make of their last two summers, right? So that—that's. I'm totally on board with that. Um, and again, what are they going to do with wingers? Strome is a big question mark. What are you gonna do with centers? Um, you know, where does Ryan Strome like on a contender right now? Where does Ryan Strom fit? I get he's done well. I get he's killing it. I mean, he's probably gonna finish the season with what, like sixty points? Sixty points. But, yeah, yeah. But that's
2: the Panarin effect, though. I mean, let's come on.
4: Exactly. But the other question is how much? How much is an arbiter gonna hold that into effect? Like, like one thing with arbiters is like you know, you never know. You never fucking know. And you know, is Strom really going to get the Kevin Hayes one-year deal? He's one year from unrestricted free agency, so if he goes to arbitration this year, it's going to be a one-year deal, no matter uh, if the team or the player files for it. So if if Strom goes to a one-year arbitration, what's that going to be? Is that really going to be five, five and a half? Ugh, um, you know, that's, that's, a nightmare. that's kind of a question. I know that's a question. Um, I personally would maybe hope slash predict. Uh, I'm very I'm very hesitant to predict. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, maybe like the, the, the Spooner and a Mestikov type of deal where it's like, okay, he's almost at, resti- he's almost at unrestricted free agency, four, four and a half, you know, one-year deal, I can, you know, whatever. But that that's where, like, the Strom people really divide with me where it's like, oh, yeah, four years, five million, you know, wh- what is Strom going to – is Strom really going to be a second-line center on a contender or a five million dollars third third-line center on a contender? Uh, that's that's really what kind of gives me the biggest pause. Yeah,
3: and it's something we've talked about, and we'll just emphasize it with a point here. It's people who want the Rangers to keep D'Angelo and Strom at least for one more year, we hear you. Like, I, I don't want to come off as ignoring you. But again, this is a team with about $14.5 million in cap space. And if you want to play extension game or even just a one-year – Say we're playing an extension game with D'Angelo and we're playing the arbitration game with Ryan Strom. The most conservative estimation we can give you right now, those two moves alone will eat up $10 million, which means you now have $4.5 million to sign or replace Brendan Lemieux, sign or replace Jesper Foss, bring in a left-handed defenseman and pay your backup goalie. It's – or – move on, you know what I mean. Like, almost don't count the goalies on this because if they buy, like you said previously, you buy out Hank, that's Georgiev money. If you trade Georgiev, well then you have Hank. So like, forget right. that. But it's still four and a half million dollars to find two wingers and a top four left-handed defenseman. And Although,
4: I, I will say this. Uh, let me say this though. There is, uh, I don't want to say it's like the best case, like quote unquote best case. Because you know, I think we're the same age. I I think we all grew up on Henrik Lundqvist, right? Pretty much. Um, I I think you know if he, if you think back to Marcus Naslund or Kevin Klein, if he quote unquote retires from the NHL and goes to Europe and like you know, I don't know joins Joel to go for one last Swedish Hockey League championship, you know, that's eight and a half million dollars gone. No, you know, no no strings attached, no questions asked. That's eight and a half million gone. Then you can talk about, okay, not only can we extend D'Angelo long-term, but, you know, hey, I, I haven't looked at the market, but it's like, you know, Terry Krug on the left hand. You can you can, you can can float, you know, pretty much any free agent this summer. Um, it's a weak class as far as I know, but if one were to say, okay, look, you're going to buy me out, uh, you know, you're going to trade me to a team that's going to buy me out, whatever – I'm going to just retire now, and his contract was front-loaded, so it's not like he's leaving eight and a half mil- He's leaving less than $8.5 I don't know the exact numbers, but the quote, un- it kills me to say it, the quote-unquote best-case scenario, I think for the Rangers from a st- cap standpoint, is Lundqvist says, okay, I retire from the NHL, I'm going to go to Europe. Then, all of a sudden, forget like the, the, you know, like you said, the Gurgev-Lundqvist kind of balance beam. All of a sudden, the Rangers have – you know, a net of six million dollars to spend, then you can talk about you know Tory Krug or Paul or you know whoever the hell it is.
3: Um, I, I that's will, like I kind of the one. The general thought in that's... Boston is with backs getting traded that Krug isn't going anywhere.
4: Right. Yeah. No, I,
3: I get that. That's it... that's just what the the grapevines have told me in the no, beautiful yeah. wine country of Troy, New York. <laughs> By the way, back is trade. Hashtag division vision. Yeah, that's all you and how, how – I, I, a friend of mine at work who's a big hockey fan, he and I were thinking, were saying how Anaheim should have been able to get a first-round draft pick just for trading backs. Forget about the fact that they also got Case out of that deal. Right, right. Like you should have had to give up the first-round pick to get out of the contract, and then you can talk to the Ducks about what it takes to get Case. I just – Right. We're, we're, we're still working on the vision, but it's there. It's there, baby. Yeah, I, I – I, I made this point I made this point either with Shayna on the b s b o t or on the main show last week, and there there are so few things that we can really bitch and moan about when it comes to Jeff Gordon because he deserves a lot of credit for the turnaround that the new York Rangers have gone under under the last two years. but if there's one that we should say he's really messed up, it's he's not taking advantage of the dummies, right? He's really only making deals with smart gms yeah, it's a problem. it's a problem. Like the fact that we haven't made a deal with Dale Talon in three years and he's just giving away <laughs> Vincent Trocheck.
2: Yeah, like, he's trading on. with he's trying to trade the Leafs, the Hurricanes, the I Lightning. Mean, y- 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 Iserman, or Izerman, yeah, yeah,
3: It's just it, it drives me up a wall. Like the Jets aren't the smartest, you know, nuts in a bag, which is how you get Jacob Truba for their own first round draft pick. So props to him for trading with the Jets. But it's just like he never took advantage of Ken Holland. He never took advantage. Of the ducks, he never took advantage of the dumb dumb down in Florida. It just it. Uh, I get so frustrated and so angry that he doesn't take advantage of the just. I, I think part of it is Gorton is a smart guy and he just doesn't have time in his life for morons. So he doesn't even want to call them to take advantage of him <laughs> because they're just going to waste his time with nonsense.
4: But man, like you know, I, I'm, I'm like I'm like a little more like like. This might be a hot take, but I'm oh, a little more course. conservative with Gordon. He was like, okay, what happened? He hit a one – he hit a, like a one-in-eight chance to get Cockro. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Fox said, look, I'm going to Harvard for my fourth year or you trade me to the Rangers. So he got him for two, two second-round picks. Um, you know, I think – I'm not saying Gordon has done a bad job, but I'm saying a lot's fallen into his lap as far as, like, you know, how much I trust him, how much he's kind of the smartest guy in the room. I think there's – I, I got to be honest. I think there's a lot of like luck or variance or whatever you want to call it. That's that fair, is, but I think you I have did, to give him some credit, did, credit for did, the
2: right. for the Grabner trade. I mean, for trading Spooner for Strom. he's done. He's yeah, done good no, things. I, I can't
4: deny that. I, I can't. I've deny read, that. Two
2: months of Rick Nash got you Ryan Lingren. Like, that's not a bad deal.
4: I can't. You know, I can't. I, I I'm not going to point to something he's done and been like, oh, that's horrible. But I think it's like people kind of push G- Gordon as like, oh. He's, re- he's rebuilt the Rangers in so much time. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, he hasn't done anything terribly wrong. Um, but a lot's fallen on his lap. I'll, I'll put it to that. And, you know, without sounding like a dickhead pessimist. No, it's good. We like
2: contrarian opinions. We, I, I know that sounds like a, a sarcastic thing, but it's actually true. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's good to light well, enlighten us.
3: Yeah, and it's it's also – I'm pretty – I think Gorton was the guy behind Broussard in a seventh for Mika in a second. Which is, you know, a feather in anyone's cap, but that's—I will give him this. That's taking advantage of a dumb dumb, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Well,
4: I'll—I'll I'll counter you this. I, people bring up that trade a lot, and I'm not saying it's not a slam dunk, home run, grand slam, great trade. But I will say there was money involved, as in that—that that trade was actually negotiated at the 2016 draft, but they just didn't do it till mid-July until Broussard had his bonus paid. Yeah. So it was essentially like people say it was a seventh and Broussard for Zibanejad in a second. But if you want to be like super realistic with it in a nerdy way, like my ass is, it was actually like 2 million cash plus (laughs) Broussard plus a seventh for Zibanejad in a second. Now I'm not, again, I'm not saying it was a bad trade at all. Like, you know, (laughs) give Ottawa all, you know, give it all a 2 million. Sure. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very kind of hesitant to be like, okay, Gordon has been the best GM the last, Three years or whatever it is, I I think I think there's a a lot has fallen into his lap through through luck slash, you know whatever the market dictates, and B you know the Rangers like they're a billion dollar organization, a billion dollars. You know how many teams in the NHL would kill for that? So you can twenty when it comes to a couple million dollars giving cash. I mean I'm 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 almost of the opinion that why don't why haven't you done this more like the Bolesky trade? Perfect. Like yeah, take a bad. Take a bad contract, pay him millions, 800k in dead cap. Eat that, like do that more. Hashtag division. Like you're a billion dollar organization, rebuilding. You know, so I, I'm not saying Gordon has done a bad job, not at all. But what I'm saying is like, I think there's kind of a, a hype to him where I'm like, well, you know, if you check the math, like my nerdy ass has, eh, you know, Larry David style. I, I listen, I, I respect
2: it. I, I like to be humbled. I, I think Gorton's definitely done, I give him more good than not good in my, in my situation. Right, right. No, I, but I agree with
4: that totally.
2: He, I, to me, he's still, a, I don't think he's the best GM in the league, but I do think he's like in that upper echelon. That's where I land. And I, I, I just I, pre- I just wanted to take advantage of dumb dumbs. That's really all it comes down it, to. It, it is strange that I, I, <laughs> you did point out like we didn't take on more money when we could have. And I, I I agree with you that you should be taking advantage of other teams' bad contracts to get assets. That's smart. But our rebuild was two years, not six. And to right, be right. back to be back in playoff contention, and I know the charts haven't been favorable towards the Rangers for most of the year, but the last twenty five days, like we were like the fifth best team right. in the league. That's unbelievable. Right.
4: Like That's the crazy that's the crazy part about this year is that like October November, historically bad. You know, like literally one of bad, the worst but, defensive like, teams ever. Yeah. Like forty percent expected goal, like who does that? But it's just climbed and climbed and climbed. And I know people want to kind of say, Okay, the Chesterkin recall was the turning point. But there there's a very convincing argument and you know, I'm gonna give him credit. Uh Rob Lucer, who's My man who writes it. Yeah, no, he's good, he's good at Blue Seat Blogs, mm-hmm. um, he's kind of pinpointed me like, okay, you know, December 16th or whatever was the inflection point. But a lot of it has to do, and <laughs> I'm going to sound such a turd, but, like, if everyone wants to give Quinn coach of the year if the Rangers make the playoffs, it's like, what timeline are we in if Haley and Hayek don't get hurt? Seriously. Seriously. What's a good point. What timeline are we in right now if Hayek and Haley don't get hurt? I really wonder about that. You know what I mean?
2: We did we did play Haley for a very long time. I you know it's funny I actually forgot Michael Haley existed
4: until you just brought <laughs> up his
3: name. So, I I do think you know, I actually do think if
4: if Haley was fully yeah.
3: healthy, I think Goche would be in
4: Hartford right now. Right, right. Or if Hayek was healthy, Lindgren would have never gotten the recall. You know, I mean I I don't well, know, but we can Well, Lind, we can speculate. Lindgren, I think it's
3: important to remember that Lindgren was up anyway. If Hayek doesn't get the the real person who needs to thank his lucky stars that Hayek got hurt. And as much as we've historically liked to shit on him over the last couple of years, Hayek getting hurt saved Mark Stahl's job. It really did because we were at a point, remember that we were scratching Mark Stahl. And before we were having this, Hank sees the writing on the wall and his time is coming to a close as a New York Ranger. It was Mark Stahl that we were writing these stories about in December. Mark Stahl was going to be done as a Ranger after this season. He was sitting every night so that the Rangers could get Hayek and Lindgren in the lineup. And while Hayek wasn't necessarily breaking down doors while he was in the lineup when he was in the lineup, Mark Stahl's game rebounded enough while Hayek was gone that it made sending Hayek down pretty easy for the New York Rangers. But before we got into this, what will the Rangers do with Henrik Lundquist discussion, it wasn't that long ago. It was early December where we were saying – Mark Stahl was done as a New York Ranger, and now we're at a point where I personally can't foresee a scenario where Mark Stahl isn't a New York Ranger. Now. One more year, one more year.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, this it, it's it's interesting. There's like this tier. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Smith, Stahl, and Lundqvist in the same kind of tier, in the sense that they've got one more one more year left on their contract. They're overpaid, and there's kind of this option to buy them out or trade, you know, maybe trade them 50% retained or whatever. Smith is kind of interesting in that regard. But it's like, do you eat the last year of that contract, or do you buy it out, and you'll get some freed-up money this summer, but you'll be dipping into next year, the 2021
2: twenty six two season. I can't do it. And it's,
4: it, it is an interesting question because it's like, you know, if you believe that this team can make a run in the 2021 playoffs, you might go that route. I mean, sentiments aside, you know, Lundqvist solved the two most senior Rangers um, but, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It, it, stall was getting healthy scratched, and the Rangers all of a sudden did better. And then Hayek got hurt, and the Rangers all of a sudden – and, I, you know, not that I root for people to get hurt or sick or anything, but that would – you know, I think that was much more the turning point than, oh, Rangers called Turkin and then they started winning. It's, it, 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 it's a very easy point to, like, be like, oh, that was the sentimental turning point of the season. But I think if you, you know, if you dig deep down into – shot share, possession, expected goals, game score, you'll see that, you know, before Shesterkin was recalled, by Christmas they were trending up because they had <laughs> stopped playing these players. Um, so I don't know how much of that is coaching being like, hmm, let's wisen up, and how much of it is kind of, you know, the gods rolling the dice, so to speak.
2: Mika, I feel like we could do this for another, like, hour and a half. Will you come back on this summer? <laughs>
4: oh, this summer? <laughs> yeah, in the summer. Hmm. Okay, hmm. if it's think, between think July it. 4th and July 10th, when all the players have filed for arbitration, I will come back.
2: Okay. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll book it now. Greg, any final questions for our dear guest, Mika? We've kept them for a, a good 45 minutes already.
3: Yeah. Uh, how much – what what are, what are the stock prices these days on 10 pounds of venison out in Pennsylvania? Yeah, what's a
4: buck for a
2: <laughs> pizza, buddy? <laughs>
4: Oh my god, I could tell you guys stories about people hitting deer in the road in the middle of nowhere Pennsylvania and then like the cops come, they do the in, they do the accident report, everyone leaves. The next morning you drive by the scene and that 10-point buck is gone. Who knows where? Someone came back and took it, but it it's a common phenomenon here in Middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania.
2: There you go. Maintain that anonymous identity. <laughs> Alright, Mika, thanks so much for coming on. You can follow Mika at Hockey Stat, Hockey Stat minor on Twitter, uh, where he's, uh, does a lot of, uh, posts for low-level intelligent people like myself. So go ahead and follow him, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll, well, we'll you talk you're a master, like, don't be talking hey, about like, Hey, 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 and I'm married. <laughs> I'm yeah, accomplished wait, individual. Which, which
3: reinforces the low-level intelligence part of the conversation. Oh, geez,
2: Greg. <laughs> jeez, Greg. Jeez.
3: All right, buddy. Well,
4: guys. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You guys have done good work. Thanks, keep buddy. putting in that work. M- Mika, you riding? What? You riding this Mets train with me this summer? Or are you finally? Oh, are no. you officially in? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm like fifty fifty. Unlike you know, Yankees getting revenge on the Astros versus you know, Degrom being the best at what he does on a middle of nowhere in New York. Team. You know, I'm fifty fifty. I'm unbiased with baseball. I'll give you. That. I think I
3: honestly I can't think of anything more up your wheelhouse than the New York Mets possibly not having a fifth starter this year and just playing a matchup game every five
2: days.
4: Oh, man. I don't even know what that means, but, like, I feel like <laughs> I agree.
2: You do. All right, Mika. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for coming on, bud. Thanks a um, lot, so guys. Appreciate it. Tra- transition. Hey, we're back. Love, Mika. Great guest. All right, so we're going to do some five-star questions. Here we go for for today. We have a lot of them, so we're going to try and go through them a little quick, okay? This is from Nick oh Sweet 13 This is only really one question. Did the Rangers ruin the rebuild by trading Shea at a discount to an opponent in the same division, did the wrong player get traded as a casualty to the Kryder extension? Thanks for keeping Ranger fans sane, Nick Sweet thirteen.
1: Uh,
2: uh, go ahead, Greg. Oh, you go first. Do we think it was a discount? No, I think it was the appropriate price. Yeah, especially considering, while
3: infinitesimally small, there's a chance that's a top ten pick.
2: It it it's exactly. I mean, again, we still have to beat out the Hurricanes, and yes, we did trade them for Dechaine, but. There's a chance it's there. It's not – and top ten picks in next year's draft are no joke. Everyone knows
3: it. I also I also vehemently disagree with the notion of you should never trade within your own division. Same. If that's the best, best for the New York Rangers could find, take the best fucking deal.
2: Best deal. Uh, next question from Matt Heron. Hey, guys. Question for you. I know last week you guys were talking with Rick about D'Angelo's growth offensively, but what are your thoughts about his defensive growth? I find myself surprised that he's actually starting to defend very competently, and I'm worried he's uh, – He's liable to give up an easy goal as much. Uh,
3: well, this uh, this question obviously came in before the Flyer game on Sunday. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I think Tony D'Angelo is what he is defensively, and the big question with Tony all these times were, was his offensive game ever going to be good enough to um, carry his defensive shortcomings? And I think he's answered emphatically, yes. I don't. He's not a
2: traffic cone. No. But he he just I think his game is has gotten better. He's still learning. He's obviously learned I don't, a lot. Of- I, don't,
3: I don't know if it's got. I don't know if it's gotten better. I just think it's become less noticeable. Which I think if you if his partner defensively wasn't Mark Stahl, I think it would be even less noticeable. Um, but I I don't think Tony D'Angelo, I, Tony, you can win with Tony D'Angelo defensively. I think is the the answer that he's given us this year, which is important to know. But uh, he's never going to win a Norris. He's never going to be on a penalty-killing unit. He's never going to be a guy that should be on the ice defending a one-goal lead late in the third period. That's just not his game. But I think the New York Rangers are smart enough to know that's not his game, and I don't think they're going to put him in those situations.
2: I agree. Uh, this next one is uh, from John W. It says, hey, guys, love the podcast. Quick two-part question. A lot of people have joked this season about how anyone would rack up points with playing with Panarin. Do you guys give merit to that? Yes. Have you watched Panarin play hockey? This dude is amazing. There's a lot of times you don't have to do anything but shoot the puck a little bit. Like very little but bit.
3: I also I also don't 100%. I don't... I, I, would Ryan Strom have 60 points without Artemi Panarin this season? Probably not. No. But I think Ryan Strom would have somewhere between 40 and 45 given how the Rangers deploy him. And I think there's something to say about the Rangers understanding that for whatever reason, that partnership works. And if that partnership could, if, if Artemi Panera can make that partnership work, it should both be encouraging that he can make any partnership work. But some credit is deserved to Ryan Strom
2: for being good enough to make that union work. Like he, John he, W. He does just, say at the end of this question, by the way, love Strom, not trying to discount his play. Yeah, I...
3: I think Strom's numbers are absolutely inflated, but I also don't think it's wrong for the Rangers to keep playing those guys together because Sunday notwithstanding, Ryan Strom has played well with Artemi Panarin. Flat out. Uh,
2: He also says or asks, would you think we view Kako in a different lens if he had a bunch of Panarin points this season? I think of course we would, Um, but we'd also have to be doing the exact same thing we just talked about with Strom. We'd have to put it through the Panarin lens. Like, he's playing with one of the best players in the NHL. Of course he's going to score. Look what happened to but Vlad Mestikov. You
3: know, also, this isn't a knock on, This isn't meant to be a knock on Kako, but would Kako's struggles be a weight that Artemi Panarin... Would Artemi Panarin have 90 points if he was playing on a line with a struggling Kako? Kako? I
2: don't think so. I really don't. And that's not a shot at Kako.
3: I mean, he pr- knowing how good and talented Panarin is, I'm sure his point total is still somewhere in, like, 75 to 80 range. I agree. But... Part of what makes Panarin's season so special is the competency. I, I I wouldn't say excellence from Jesper Foss and Ryan Strom, but those guys aren't bringing his game down. If anything, they're providing the kindling to his fire.
2: Uh, next question from Zabana Bread. I like that name. This may be dated by the time the next show airs, but there was a moment against the New York Islanders that D'Angelo played the left defenseman with Fox on his right. Do you think this move may signal a chance in philo- a change in philosophy we've criticized the New York Rangers for uh, going forward, or is this just something that just happened randomly? I
3: well, think Quinn Quinn does this occasionally, and we've seen it throughout the season. He, yep. Most early in the season, we only saw right-handed defenseman playing left-handed when he was trying to send a message and punish someone. Um, but every now and then. Quinn will understand there's a time where he needs some kind of offensive change. And if he needs offensive like an offensive spark, he understands that Tony D'Angelo probably needs to be on the ice to prevent provide that. And if you're gonna put Tony D'Angelo on his offhand, I can't think of anyone more able to pick up the slack defensively than Adam Fox. That guy's the best defenseman the New York Rangers have. Should the New York Rangers do this on a constant basis? Absolutely. But I I think it's very clear that. Quinn sees this
2: more as a gimmick than an actual strategy. Agree. Uh, do you guys like uh, – this is from Port Boy Dan. Do you guys like Coach Quinn? What are your thoughts overall? Secondly, do you think Strom with his uh, breakout year will decline next year or keep it up? Or, or what do you think his contract will be if you sign him? Thanks for keeping up the good show. We talked about that a little bit with Mika about the contract. I mean his arbitration point is pretty significant. It could be up to $5 million, could be more. Um, depending on what the arbiter rules, if that's the case, uh, I I I do believe he'll decline a little bit, especially if he plays less with Panarin, and he'll play more with Panarin next year. Uh, and do I like Coach Quinn overall? Yeah, I'm actually very satisfied with Quinn. There are some things he does that are a little puzzling at some points, but I think you'd find that with any different coach, you're going to go ahead and rip somebody apart if you if you follow them enough, you can find these things to nitpick. But Quinn's had a great year. He's done some things that you questioned, and they worked. And I, I can't really blame him for a lot of different things.
3: Yeah, I'm getting a lot. I'm getting a huge, huge, huge Terry Collins vibe. I knew you were gonna say from that, David Quinn. Yeah, oh, I mean it's there, and yeah. I, you have to be able to see it too. Where I, do. I don't think David Quinn is the smartest X's and O's guy that's ever existed. Agree. And David Quinn is going to do some just thoroughly boneheaded things on a nightly basis that drives you mad and think and makes you think like just an average incompetent an average competent level human being would decide not to do something that David Quinn wants to do. At the same time, he's fiery behind the bench. He's animated as all hell. And he always has his players' backs. And it sounds like the players love playing for him, which are all qualities that Terry Collins just embodied and shown on a nightly basis. Like, ter- the, the fucking rabbit ears bit is – Terry Collins calling the, the a umpire. Well, again, Terry Collins didn't say the ass to the jackpot. You no. know that, right? Yeah,
2: that's the, it was the uptick. The, up the umpire too. said it. Yeah, you're right. But
3: Terry Collins uttered the world's greatest cocksucker I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and that is 100% something I'd expect David Quinn to do. And just the Quinn lines that he was having last week uh, before the Flyers series about how some of his guys were playing and how just like overly proud he was of certain guys on the roster. Yeah, there's just... There's a lot of Terry Collins in David Quinn. But and he also like I holds mean, you to a really high standard. like which is uh, Yeah, like T- Terry Collins in 2015, before the Mets made all their trades, went out to the media and said, I don't give a shit what your contract is. If you are in a slump, you are not playing. If you want to play on my team, you have to hit. And to the Mets' credit, that entire clubhouse heard that and decided to do something about it. And David Quinn, as much as we make fun of his meritocracy in the past, it exists. Like, Ryan Strome had the worst game any of us have ever seen on Sunday. And you know what David Quinn did? Benched so, yeah. him. Yeah, he so should have. It's, 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 David Quinn will be frustrating. There will be plenty of moments where you and I will disagree vehemently with something David Quinn wants to do. And we'll feel like if he just does this one thing differently, the New York Rangers would be a better hockey team. But he's a hard guy to root against. And that, to me, makes him. Just a mirror image of Terry Collins. And one of the
2: – honestly, it's been a joy covering him comparatively to A.V. It's, he's got a personality. He has fire. I like it. Um, Climb 92. This is from Good Morning. Uh, not from Good Morning. He says – or they say, rather. Good morning. Appreciate the pod. Quick question. Do you know when the Hurricanes have to hand over their first? Is it before or after the lottery? It's after the lottery. Right. Uh, can you imagine uh,
3: – The Leafs pick is tied to – uh, their pick,
2: correct. Can you imagine making the playoffs and still getting a lottery pick? One can dream. Keep up the good work. I can, and I hope it happens.
3: Right, uh, but it's a reminder that in order for that to happen, both the Leafs and Hurricanes need to finish in the lottery. That's correct.
2: Uh, this is from Shectorius. Shouldn't the Rangers get ahead of the game and tear Mika's current contract up and sign him to a seven-year deal at seven or eight million? That's uh, just not how. This works. Yeah, uh, uh, I wish they. I think they would try and do that, but that's just not how this works.
3: Yeah, you can't you can't extend a player until uh, his contract is a about to expire. Uh,
2: Nick Topola asks: Assuming the New York Rangers' two first rounders end up in the late teens slash early twenties, what should Gorton try and do with them? Package to move up, or use them to acquire a top player, i.e., the Trouba deal, or just make the two selections where whatever the selections are. Good question. Um, I, I do believe that he'll probably end up picking. With those, especially with the draft and how loaded it is, Gregor, you've talked many times about the asset that a first-round pick could be to get another player. I'm, I, I'm assuming if Gorton finds a player he likes and believes it can help him win a cup in the next three years, he will trade those picks. But my likely suggest, uh, suggestion, my likely guess, is rather that he picks them.
3: My know-nothing, March 2nd gut instinct is I have a hard time believing the Rangers would package both their first-round picks just to move up further into the first round
2: unless they loved a guy that would be the only way
3: yeah but even then i mean if if you can't move seven and 21 to get into the top five i don't know what moving say 14 and 19 would do like how far could you actually get
2: you're not getting in the top the top three of this draft period end of story
3: yeah i don't even think you get in the top eight yeah so like at some point you have to think of the just opportunity cost of trying to just take those picks twice I am of the opinion that the Rangers aren't going to make two selections in the first round. We talked with Mika about how they have this glaring weakness on the left side of their defense. And as excited as you can be for the likes of Keandre Miller, I don't think you can put your playoff aspirations on the shoulders of Keandre Miller right now. So I think if I'm the New York Rangers, I'm trying to use one of my two first round picks to go out and get myself a game-changing left-handed defenseman wherever that might be
2: next question is from Entropolis if the Rangers make the playoffs who starts in goal can you have three goalies on the playoff roster I believe Igor yeah. if healthy would be the starter no question about it
3: yeah and the same
2: 23-man roster you're carrying today is the same 23-man roster you can carry in the playoffs I like this next name this is from Hart Temi Panarin cute uh, I see what they did there. I like it. If the co- if the competition window is starting to open, do we make strong moves of the draft and move up to target a position player of need? This is what we we're just talking about. Problem is I feel like the Rangers have done better with their late firsts and early first. No disrespect to Kako, he'll figure it out. Are we are we putting a bow on the build or are we still uh, patiently stocking up the cup herbs? The bow is off, we are the cup herbs are empty and we are going for it. I, I Yeah, I but also
3: is. I don't expect whoever the if the Rangers again if the Rangers are able to trade up in this draft, we not everyone is going to be Adam Fox, and it's also important to remember that Adam Fox is three to four years older than whoever the New York Rangers would take in this year's draft. He's also an anomaly. You're, tra- you're not trading up to take a player that will make a significant impact for a playoff run next season. You're not. Not in the draft. I still think the Rangers package one of their first-round draft picks for someone that will make a significant impact on their NHL roster next year. I just don't think it's a rookie defenseman. I don't think it's a rookie at all. And um, I think to his comment about it seems like the Rangers have done better in the end of drafts than at the beginning of drafts, Uh, a little unfair, mostly that if Kabakaka was still eligible for prospect rankings, he'd still be the Rangers' number one prospect, all his struggles included. And Vitaly Kravtsov is still a – more highly ranked prospect than Keandre Miller. It's true. And that, that again, is included with Kraftsov's own struggles in the AHL this year. Like, yes, Lundqvist's stock has blossomed, and we're all happy about that. But it's not like Kravtsov isn't still one of the top 35 prospects in the entire league.
2: It's true. Three more questions, then we're done. Sean Carlson 89 asks, keep up the great work. We will. Multi-part question, if Dolan buy the, buys the Mets... If Dolan buys the Mets, do the Rangers get a home team at the Winter Classic? No, because the NHL doesn't – they don't want to take uh, home games away it's, from the MSG.
3: No, but it's, it's not an NHL thing, remember. It's a New York tax law. That's correct. The state won't allow the New York Rangers to play a home game in New York as long as Madison Square Garden is a feasible opportunity. Yep. So it's not – It's not would the NHL allow the – the NHL would have loved for the New York Rangers to be the home team at City Field. Absolutely would have loved it. It's some weird arcane tax law that exists only in New York because we have a tax law for everything that prevents the New York Rangers from playing home games off Madison Square Garden ice.
2: Next question. Do you think we bring up someone to replace Kreider? I do not. And neither
3: do you. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it, right? Nope. What's the point at this? Like, I thought about it more and more. If the Rangers call someone up, it's probably going to be Vinny Latari. We know what that's like. What's the point at this point? Just Let McKay. Phil DiGiuseppe was playing well. Yeah, put Greg McKenna as your fourth center. It it is what I. It'd be one thing if the Rangers were actually in a playoff push, but I don't think if honestly the Rangers being in a playoff push is the reason why the Rangers won't call anyone up. You're not going to overexpose Vitaly Kravtsov when you're trying to win hockey games. Now, if the Rangers were just playing out the string, wanted to get some guys some run. Then yeah, I could see Kraftsoff coming up, but the New York Rangers are trading these as must-win games. I don't think you put a guy like Vitaly Kraftsoff who's having a difficult first year in North America, into that situation. That I seems unfair.
2: Totally a agree, 100% agree. Uh, and and they're they're trying to be better with how, the way they handle prospects, and that's evident from Leah Anderson. Uh, this next question is from uh, uh, David. Oh yeah, he has one more question. Sorry, uh, on Sean Carlson, he said, "Do we do we think?" Uh, Sorry, my brain just spoke. Do you think the play until you lose mentality Quinn has goal- with goalies would be positive with only two goalies over full eighty two games? No, I think this. Um, I think Georgiev would have played a lot more than Hank, no matter what happened, if it was just those two this year. That's just. I still think that they were trying to reduce the amount of games that Henrik Lundqvist was playing.
3: Uh, if it was just Georgiev and Hank, I, I think we would have seen a little bit more uh, rotation in goal, but. Look, it, whatever you want to call it, Shostakins played ten games and he won nine of them. Yeah, like you're not taking just, that guy just, out of goal.
2: Guys, it's just that you, you just win, and the team plays different. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how to explain this. The team plays different in front of Igor. It just is.
3: Well, I, you know the thing is, I don't really think they play that different. It. He's just he's been so good that it's. You just there's no scenario where like, you're not taking out the hot goalie at all for, and especially when the hot goalie is your future, future. Uh, yeah you, mm-hmm. you just keep riding them so if Igor came up and struggled hank would have played a lot more it's just igor came up and was immediately the team's best goalie
2: uh this, this question is from david shanker hey guys great listen keep up the great work uh last week you guys talked about how smith might not be with the team come next year what is the most likely way we dump the contract i, I believe we would trade him and retain salary that is my
3: guess yeah. Uh, I think Mika is of the opinion. I know everyone and their mother likes putting Brendan Smith on the Ottawa Senators because some way, somehow that's a team that's going to have to find the cap floor once again next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if Smith has a good couple last weeks of the season here, I think there will be plenty of teams that would want to pay him a little north of $2 million to be a third-pairing defenseman for them.
2: Second question from David. What type of contract do you see the Rangers giving Jesper Fast? He's very valuable to the team but doesn't put up the big numbers, which makes it hard for me to estimate. So I wanted to share your thoughts. I believe he would get somewhere around $3 million if we did resign him.
3: I think $3 million would be high, uh, but I also think two and a half is the minimum. I agree. And
2: That's where I land you. Have
3: to, you got to ask yourself a long and hard question of, is Jesper Fass the kind of guy? I know $2.5 million isn't – the most significant number in the world, and in the NHL this day and age, it should always be a contract you're willing to move. But could that money be, especially when you only have so much money that the Rangers have this off season? Could you allocate that money it other that ways? Be best used other ways. Yeah.
2: Agree. Okay. Uh, this last question is from Swinegart, five star question. You guys do an awesome job. It says best Ranger podcast. Thank you, Swinegart. I'm writing this question from section 103. Nice brag at the end of the bad period they, they've had all year. So he was at the Philly game. That's nice. Here's my question. What is the impact on the salary cap? If Hank decides to retire at the end of the year. Thanks, Craig, Craig got great news for you. We did a Wipe whole, all we did a whole yeah. segment for you. Wipe it all
3: off. Wipe I, it all will off. it happen I, again? We've talked about this before too. I know Henrik Lundqvist has made millions of dollars in his life. Yep. Um, it's a lot easier to walk away from millions of dollars when they're not your millions of dollars to walk away from yep yeah it's, it's that simple I, I i have I have no further comment but yeah that's that it one
2: I think that's the end of the show. Um, you could follow, if you want to leave a five-star question, you can come to iTunes. You can come to iTunes, like it's a store. You can go to iTunes and you can go to leave, uh, Blue Shirts Breakaway, leave a five-star question. We'll read it on the show. That's, it's that simple. You could follow me on Twitter at Orion Me. You could follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. He runs that account. And we'll be back next week. Thank you everyone for supports us, our Patreon subscribers, everybody. I love everybody. I love all of you. Honestly, the biggest week we've ever had last week. Kind of absolutely crazy for both Greg and I. So. Um, it's just an honor being your top athletic hockey podcast. That's it. We literally are. We beat out Craig and Pierre. So it, just saying. Do you think
3: we're the highest rated Mets podcast on the athletic too?
2: I t- all right. I'll check. I'll check that. And I think we are cause okay. there's no Mets podcast. So they,
3: no, they have one. It's called the Metrospective with Tim Britton
2: and Pete McCarthy. I think. Huh. Should we try and be a guest on that? Uh, should we or I, I mean, I, to be honest, Craig. Like, I listened to enough Mets analysis that I think I'm an expert. <laughs> all right. We'll be back right. ne- next week. Uh, love you all. Bye.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand.